However, I use the word mundane advisedly because this is actually going beyond that which is habitual or routine. Okay. We're all pretty familiar with the idea that routine can sort of numb you mm-hmm. to what's going on because you just do it because you always done it that way. You do it, right? By mundane, I mean the little things that make up your daily life and they change. They change. They're not necessarily routine, but they're not the big deals. Because often when Uh, we think of marital happiness or satisfaction, we think of the big deals. We think of infidelity. We think of, you know, know, turning your back on your spouse or something. Mm -hmm. We think of rude behavior, of of disrespectful. The mundane is the the little stuff. It's the not putting away the dish towel. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, forgetting the peck on the cheek as you go out the door, whether it's routine or not, because a lot of stuff that happens may turn into routine, but maybe isn't. This week, we are going to learn how to pay attention to certain behaviors in your marriage that will keep the love light burning. Marriage mindfulness, if you will. It starts with choice, and Dr. Noelle Nelson explains how this all comes together. Stay tuned. Hi, I'm going to keep this short. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. You should know that we have a website, hitchmag.com, with thousands of articles, our complete podcast archive with over 500 episodes, a free weekly newsletter, and more. If you like this podcast, please leave a rating or review to help encourage others to join. And without further ado, enjoy. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. This is Steve Cooper, editor-in-chief of HitchedMag.com. I am joined once again with the brilliant Dr. Noelle Nelson. Hi, Noelle. Hi, Steve. Hello. Uh, Noelle is a clinical psychologist, a consultant, a popular speaker in the U.S. and abroad when we can travel, and uh, is also the author of many, many, over a dozen best-selling books. She has a new one out called uh, titled, I Survived COVID-19, What Now? Finding Happiness and Success in a Post-COVID World. You can find that uh on the major, uh, on Amazon, and I'm guessing other major bookstores. Also, her website, noellenelson.com. Uh, Noelle also has a fantastic Facebook group uh, uh, called Meet the Amazings, which is based on a previous book that she wrote. And uh, yeah, again, go to noellenelson.com for more information. Okay, so today we are going to talk uh, today about reminders on how to up your marital satisfaction. Uh, you refer to, um, these reminders, I take it that you're not talking about remembering your vows or don't go to bed angry and things like that. No, no. I think, you know, those have pretty well been covered by most of your podcasts, if not all. Um, I'm talking about paying attention to some behaviors that might get lost in the day to day of married life yet are quite frankly, so critical to keeping that love light burning, especially past the honeymoon phase. For example, to remember, it's all about choice. Choice, you say? What does that mean? 
Well, you know, we often remember that we chose our spouse, but we tend to forget that they chose us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and here's the thing, is that if you stop and think for a minute about, now, why did my spouse choose me? It isn't because you failed to listen to him or her, uh, didn't do whatever your share of the household chores, duties, etc. is, um, isn't because you turned up late, dissed the in-laws. It's not because of any of those things. He or she chose you for some very specific qualities and traits. And quite frankly, we get lazy about it. Mm. We, we get all comfy cozy. I'm mine. I'm, you know, she's mine. I'm hers. He's mine. I'm his, that kind of thing. Even just on a subconscious level. And we just sort of stop remembering that a choice is something that gets made day to day. Mm. Mm-hmm. We, we think about, you know, you take, you do your vows and so forth. And, and that's when you make your choice and maybe you renew it on Valentine's day or something or your anniversary. But that really isn't where life is lived. Life is lived in the mundane, mm-hmm. in the the breakfast shared or not shared, in the attention you're paying to the text instead of to your spouse. I mean, life is lived in these little bits right. all along that 24-7. And all along the way, he or she is either choosing you again or not choosing you again. Mm. This, uh, we don't to- think about that. Right. No, that, I mean, absolutely. This sounds to me like marriage mindfulness. What a wonderful way of putting it, Steve. Yes, <laughs> it is marriage mindfulness. It's being, let's remember what mindfulness is. It's right. very simply being in the here now. Right. Being very, very present to the here now, whatever that might be. And so when I... And yes. I, I I mean, I love how you point out and highlight the mundane, but I don't think of the mundane. As, I mean, I feel like it has a negative connotation to it because it feels like kind of a slog and unimportant and things. But I think what you're highlighting is uh, it is important because this is where life happens. Life happens in these um, daily, almost ritualized type of things. And particularly when you get into a marriage, you get into a comfort zone and you get into a habit. And then that habit can become mindless because you already know what to do and how to do it. And so you stop thinking about it and you stop being present with it. Uh, and then you start taking things for granted. And then, you know, you kind of spiral and you're just kind of going through the motions and, it sounds like what you're saying is continue to pay attention to those things because when you do, you'll be able to make those small gestures that might light up your spouse, for example. True, true. However, I use the word mundane advisedly because this is actually going beyond that which is habitual or routine. Okay. We're all pretty familiar with the idea that routine can sort of numb you to mm-hmm. what's going on, because you just do it, because you always done it that way, you do it, right? By mundane, I mean the little things that make up your daily life, and they change. They change. They're not necessarily routine, but they're not the big deals, because often when uh, we think of marital happiness or satisfaction, we think of the big deals. Yeah. We think of infidelity. We think of 
you know, I don't know, turning your back on your spouse or something. Mm-hmm. We think of rude behavior, of, of disrespectful. The mundane is the little, the little stuff. It's the not putting away the dish towel. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, forgetting the peck on the cheek as you go out the door, whether it's routine or not. Because a lot of stuff that happens may turn into routine, but maybe isn't. Like, quite frankly, there actually existed a time when we didn't have every communicative device <laughs> on the planet in our phone. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> when I look at what my phone can do, Steve, I'm absolutely gobsmacked. Now, granted, a 20-year-old isn't because they've never lived without. Right. But the point is that what I can do just on that simple device changes constantly. Mm-hmm. There's a new app, there's a new this, there's a new that. And so I call those things mundane because they aren't yet trapped in the routine. Right. And so you get to choose. And you get to remember that your spouse gets to choose. What am I going to do with this little thing? And it's not like every moment of your day should be an existential, you know, question. Right. But. What you called it so beautifully, Steve, is marriage mindfulness. Just mm-hmm. be mindful. What yeah. does this this whatever that you've just turned on, tuned into, tapped on, wh- how is that affecting your marriage here now, mm-hmm. right this second? And mm-hmm. just to be aware, much as we're kind of always aware to whether we're too hot, too cold, too hungry, not hungry enough, whatever. We're aware of that stuff. Right. And I like how you define the mundane, too, because I think... Um, you know, when marriages are in trouble, uh, a lot of times, a lot of focus will be put on the big things as you describe them. And I sometimes feel like the mundane stuff is where, uh, happier, more satisfied marriages can, can hit rough patches because it's, you you know, you, you're, you're healthy enough to where you're, you're going to be of, you're going to avoid those large obstacles, but it's those little things that can still kind of grate at you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, you keep talking about choice and one of the things that, um, you know, that you chose your spouse, but also importantly is that you did not choose someone else. Correct. Correct. And what I would say to that is guard your heart. What I mean by guard your heart is don't leave room for somebody else to come in and steal the love. Mm. So, you know, it's, it's, we're, we're all basically sexual creatures mm-hmm. of one ilk or another. And therefore we are just sort of primitively, instinctively programmed such that we flirt. Mm-hmm. Or at least we're aware that there's flirt hanging around, that there's attraction. It doesn't mean we act on it, but that that it exists. It just does. Because that is such a powerful drive. The species does not continue if we don't, at least to some degree, have sexual drive. Okay. So what guards your heart is, sure, it's, it's fine, normal, and natural to feel some attraction to whatever. But for heaven's sakes, be aware of what your boundaries are in that regard. Be Be careful about whom you allow into the emotional intimacy of your life. See, most people think of affairs as the physical intimacy. But as we know, Steve, emotional intimacy can be more disruptive Mm 
If you find yourself confiding more to that coworker or that Facebook friend than you do to your spouse, your marriage is in trouble. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You've forgotten to guard your heart. Right, right. And, and this gets back to choosing and being mindful because I know, uh, I can't remember how long ago it's been, but it's been quite a while. But um, we had an article on, uh, is it okay to flirt while in a marriage, uh, you know, outside of your marriage? And to your point that, you know, there is going to be attraction, um, that flirting will take place. Um, sometimes you're the person who's doing the flirting. Sometimes you're the recipient of the flirting. But I think to you, to the point that you've been making this whole time about choice and uh, mindfulness is if you recognize it, uh, that enables you, it's almost like in sports, if you see a play coming, you can guard against it. Uh, and yes. so you can guard your heart. And so you can engage in the play, uh, maybe a little bit. And then you can guard against them infiltrating where you don't want them to get to, and you can take some of that energy back home with you. And that was something that we wrote about a while back. And I have to say that it was kind of a controversial point where uh, Mm -hmm. you would possibly flirt outside your relationship and then take that energy back home with you. Um, But that is something that uh, I know happens. So there you go. Well, and the thing is, a a light flirt which you don't allow, where you have good boundaries as to the emotional intimacy you share, where I'm not even going down the physical intimacy road, we know about that, can sometimes spark a renewed sexual interest generally, generally. And that's what you get to bring home to your spouse. Right. Like you feel good. How much fun this was. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I mean, when you come... Sorry, I keep interrupting you. Go ahead. It's okay. You know, and then engage in whatever with you, with your spouse, with the appropriate person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, when uh, imagine coming home and there's two scenarios. One is you're uh, exhausted, not feeling good. You've been beaten up on at work or in life in general, and you just kind of like flop down. Or someone's been flirting with you outside the home, and you're feeling pretty good about yourself, and you kind of kick down the door, and you're like, hey, welcome home. I'm super excited to see you. I mean, that seems positive to me. It is positive. Absolutely. And that way, you see, I think often in wanting to respect our vows, we shut the doors on any kind of feelings of attraction and so forth. And that's kind of sad because, yes, we need absolutely to know our boundaries and respect them. But there is a general energy around that, which is healthy, mm-hmm. normal, and great fun to bring home to your spouse. Right, right. Yeah. Um, so besides guarding your heart, how else might one reaffirm that choice of your spouse. Well, you touched on it actually, Steve, which is stay sexy, stay mm. attentive. It doesn't mean you have to be, you know, on steroids, so to speak, all the time. <laughs> right. But make an effort. Make an effort. Mm-hmm. Now I know it's been hard. Believe me, I know it's been hard through the amount of time that we've self-isolated and so forth through this pandemic and probably to a degree will continue. It's been hard to get out of our sweats and to maybe, you know, put on some makeup or whatever one does. But it's so important to remember 
Why did he or she choose you? It wasn't because you lay around in your sweats all day, I guarantee. (laughs) So we don't have to take this to the extreme, right? Right. I'm sorry. I am not going to put heels on in a short skirt in my living room. But there, there is, if you will, room in between the complete slob that one has possibly become during COVID and dressing up like, you know, you're going out clubbing. Mm-hmm. There, there's, a, there's somewhere in there. And sexy isn't just obviously about clothes. Mm-hmm. Sexy is about how you look at your partner, how you respond to how they look at you. Sexy is so many things. And we know, believe me, we all know what that really is. Mm-hmm. It's just that we get, for want of a better word, complacent after all. They're in the bed with you every night, mm-hmm. so who needs to make the effort to be sexy? You. That's who needs to make the effort. You need to 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 do the flirt, to do whatever it is that generates that wonderful electric feeling between you. Right. Can I, so I'm going to add one other. I'm kind of uh, take a right turn on this a little bit, which sure. is um, when you say uh, you know maintain like keep. Uh, being sexy or or work to be sexy or however you phrased it. Um, one of the other things that I was going to bring up is uh, part of that is being healthy because it's really hard to be or feel sexy when you don't feel good in general. And mm-hmm. I think people kind of miss that portion of it because if you're not feeling good, it's hard to pull off the confidence of you know, strutting your stuff, being sexy. Oh, well, you're just not going to. Right. I mean, I'm sorry. If you're not feeling healthy, you're just not going to. So and that's a very good point, Steve, and I'm glad you made it, which is, yes, absolutely. Part of, of remaining sexy to your spouse is, frankly, being sexy to yourself. Mm. Oh, I like that. Keep, that's nice. Keeping oneself healthy is important because energy is involved mm-hmm. in sexual whatever. Even just in flirt, there's right. energy involved, and you are more easily energized if you are healthy. Now, let's be clear about one thing, okay, Steve, which is healthy does not mean that you have to be fully able-bodied. Right. <laughs> okay? You can be healthy in a wheelchair. Right. You can be healthy missing some limbs. Health is a general state of physical well-being that has very little to do with how many, I don't know, parts that you have working. Right. Yeah. You can and, be a healthy diabetic, frankly. Yeah. And, and, and as you mentioned at the top of this portion, um, you, you, when you mentioned something about you don't need to get on steroids, uh, you don't have to do, be able to do like 50 pull-ups either. It's, it's no. just when you feel good, um, even if you're not some like elite specimen, uh, that, that, that those are two different things that we're talking about. Totally. And remember, if we go back to the point we made at the top, is why do you think he or she chose you? It probably wasn't because you're an elite specimen. Right. (laughs) I don't know about you, Steve, but there are very few of us that are. Nonetheless, we can be healthy. Mm -hmm. That's right. Yes. Yes. Health is something that everyone can achieve. Yeah. Um, uh, Well, most I, I, I take that back. Most people can achieve because obviously there are genetic things that make it really difficult for some, but, um, yes. you can feel good. Most people in, in their relationships can feel good enough to put off that sexy vibe. 
So yes. Um, okay. So then, what else? Now this is going to be interesting, I think, to some of our listeners, which is don't expect perfection. Mm, that's great. You know, just just don't do that. That's so mean. You wouldn't want it expected of you. You don't like it when it's expected of you. The one of the frankly sexiest attitudes in a marriage is to be understanding, be tolerant, cut some slack. We all need to feel safe within our marriages. It's that's primo. We need to feel safe. And you feel safe when somebody isn't over-demanding of you, but rather they are looking to understand why are you tired or what happened that made you grumpy that day as opposed to, oh, you're always such a grump. Mm-hmm. Okay? So don't expect perfection. No. And, and by not- the way, that gets back into the mindfulness part of it because when you recognize that in your spouse, you have the wherewithal to actually ask those questions, not just react uh, to the scenario. Right, right. And this one, we, part of this, which we have said many times before, Steve, is for heaven's sakes, focus on what you love about him or mm-hmm. her, mm-hmm. not about the little petty crud that annoys you. Have a conversation about the petty crud. If need be, that's fine. But focus on what you love. Right. And I think, yeah, and I think this is one of the things that at least I've gotten more comfortable with in my marriage and relationship as the years have gone on is picking and choosing uh, the th- and, and letting go the th- and recognizing the things that matter and the things that don't matter. Um, and where I just, to your point, where I choose to put my energy and correcting mm-hmm. the things or not mm-hmm. correcting the things or mm-hmm. asking for help and not asking for help. Um, mm-hmm. Because at the beginning, you're wearing the, the rose-tinted glasses you don't see anything. And then people right. talk about that seven-year itch. And why do they talk about that? Because all those chemicals that were flowing through the body are now gone. And there's a new wave of chemicals in the body that allow you to see things more clearly. And then you start recognizing the things that bother you. And so, uh, and then as time goes on, I feel like those who have learned will pick and choose like, you know what? It's not that big of a deal if they leave their thing there instead of over there. Mm-hmm. It doesn't change my world. It doesn't change my life. It doesn't impact me literally at all, except that it's just not what I would do. And when you start mm-hmm. having those recognitions, uh, you're able to, uh, again, to the point of this topic, choose uh, how to respond or not respond in many scenarios, uh, which will keep you happier, I guess. Yeah, and keep your spouse happier. Right. Right, because then they won't feel like you're being they're being nagged all the time or vice versa. Nitpicked. Right. Yeah. And right. so you, you get to pick and choose the things that make you happy and focus on those. Um, do you have any last thoughts on this? Um well, this kind of ties with what we were talking about. Steve, yes, just one, which is don't force change. In other words, if there's some something that annoys you or bothers you, have a conversation about it. That's absolutely fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, seek help, whatever, but don't force it. We have a tendency to to want change to happen overnight and get all weird if it doesn't. And when you say just because change, you've had the conversation, pardon? When you say force change, like what types of things are you talking about here? Okay, so let's say that. You've had a conversation about the budget. That's always a favorite one. Mm -hmm. And uh, you are telling your spouse that, you know, this overspending on tech toys has got to stop. 
and you had a good, good discussion about it. And they agreed that, you know what, uh, we can, we can set a, a boundary or a limit or a piggy bank, whatever you want to call mm-hmm. it to tech toy spending. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then a month, two months go by, and guess what? That budget's out of control again. And so instead of sitting down and having what I think of as a, a I'm confused, um, help me understand what's going on conversation, you go, I can't believe you're doing this again. Mm-hmm. We agreed, and you're blah, blah. That's forcing change. Got it. It doesn't work. Got it. Okay. The other, your, the spouse will get defensive and argumentative, and you might as well not have had the first conversation at all. <laughs> I was going to say, can you explain that? But I, I, I feel like that's something that we've talked about a lot in the past about um, arguments yep. and how the brain shuts down and blah blah blah. So, um, if you yep. are interested in as to why that technique wouldn't work, uh, please feel free to visit the archives, all of which are available on hitchmag.com. Um, yeah. Uh, do you have any final, I, I know I just asked you for your last thoughts, but was there anything else before <laughs> I wrapped it? I, I feel like I might've no. cut you off there. No, I would just say rejoice and revel in your choice and that he or she chose you. Make that something you inside yourself celebrate. That's, I, I love that because I do, th- I've brought this up in the past, but I do, as I, translate everything into a sports metaphor in my brain. You, you, you are the franchise owner and you drafted each other as your number one draft picks. Like you made that choice, embrace that, like help them succeed. And by, you know, it bringing in the support around it to make it work. And I think some people forget that sometimes of like, which I love you offering this reminder of, yes, this is all choice. Like everybody who is in the situation, they chose to marry this person, um, at, with free will. And here you are, uh, and uh, don't write in with like the crazy outlier situations, but most people (laughs) chose their spouse, um, with free will. And now you have to figure out like, okay, how do you make this work? So I think that's fantastic. Yep. And that's all I have to say. Okay, perfect. Um, well, with that then, I before we go, I want to remind everyone that you have been listening to Dr. Noelle Nelson, a clinical psychologist, a consultant, a popular speaker in the U.S. and abroad, and the author of many, many, over a dozen best-selling books. Her most recent book that just came out is I Survived COVID-19, I Survived COVID-19, What Now?, Finding Happiness and Success in a Post-COVID World. It is fantastic. It'll help you get back up on your feet. Uh, Check it out. It's available on Amazon. You can also find it by visiting her website, noellenelson.com. You can also follow Noelle on Twitter, at Dr. Noelle Nelson. You can get this information and much more at our website, hitchmag.com. We have 500-plus podcast episodes available in our archive on the website, We have thousands and thousands of free articles to help meet your marriage needs uh, and much more. And if you like this podcast, if you found this interesting or helpful, uh, please leave a review or a rating that helps uh, grease the old algorithms so that other people looking for such information will be able to find it easier. And until next time, that's going to do it. Take care, everybody. Each other's eyes, we know that it shows.